This week's episode of the Cloudcast is brought to you by Intel Cloud for All, driving the creation of thousands of clouds. Cloudcast Media presents from the massive studios in Raleigh, North Carolina. This is the Cloudcast with Aaron Delb and Brian Gracely, bringing you the best of cloud computing from around the world. Good morning, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to another Cloudcast. We are actually coming to you live from Amazon Web Services 2015 out here in Las Vegas. Aaron, uh, we're actually doing one together. We, uh, I know. We rarely ever see each other. We are, we are both here. Uh, we are sitting in the hall, That's crouched right, right. in a corner at AWS. Yeah, right before the keynote. We're, we, we had to go find a, a quiet place before the keynote. And we're joined uh, by, actually, new good friend of the show, and uh, we just found out <laughs> new listener of the show, uh, Bridget Kramhout. Uh, I don't even know what, what title to give you, because when we first met, uh, so I'll put it this way, uh, you run all the DevOps days. If you're at Velocity, you're there. Uh, you're now working for Pivotal, but you know, as we were talking yesterday, I don't even know what title to, to say that you have over there. Sure. Okay. What title do you want to give yourself? How's that? All right. Hi. Thank you so much for having me on the show. <laughs> so, Bridget, welcome to the show. Um, how should we? How, what should we address you? Because you you cover so many things. You're you're speaking. You've got operational experience. You've got you know builder experience. Um, what 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 does Pivotal want? to call what you're doing you've joined the pivotal posse that's right (laughs) yes thank you i'm I'm really glad to be here thanks folks um so at pivotal um my business cards say principal technologist Uh, if you ask andrew clay schaefer what he hired me to do he'll tell you it's choose your own adventure and uh what i'm really excited about is this idea of i've been at ops for a long time and um I, i just recently hung up the pager I figure if you're on call for production infrastructure from 1999 to 2015, you probably need a break. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) My partner, Joe, actually says that he no longer wakes up to any of the ringtones I use. (laughs) He's like trained himself to sleep through them. It's it's like, yeah, like people, they they don't hear the airplane or the train or... Exactly. Um, But yeah, so at Pivotal, because I've spent a lot of stuff building an... I've spent a lot of time, rather, building and operating systems um, at some level of scale. It's it's kind of nice to look at a lot of those patterns and primitives and then see what I can learn about stuff I never got a chance to play with and then what I can help other people understand about how they can make their systems hopefully more operable or at least page them less. Yeah. So, you know, you mentioned you've been doing this since, you know, before before the the two thousands, you're doing it back in you know before they called it DevOps, right? It was just <laughs> definitely sysadmin. It was just you know running IT. It was whatever. What because um, you're you're super involved in the DevOps community. I mean, you're like like you said you you're heavily involved in the DevOps days. You you know you're kind of really involved with being a thought leader. Like what flipped that all of a sudden you became that you got involved with this? Uh, you know what they're calling DevOps these days. Okay, so first of all, I feel like thought leader is one of those things that it makes the back of my neck itch. Yeah. And if I if I meet people who have it in you know their Twitter profile, I take them aside and say, you should really not put that in your Twitter profile. It kind of makes you sound like you read your own press releases. Yeah, I I was a convergently sysadmin, and um, when I I left a large research university. Um, and went to go work at a startup that was all developers and me. Yeah. I had to cooperate with them. It was kind of like, you know, if you want to learn a language, you immerse yourself by just moving to the country when you know nothing. Right. I, yeah, I moved to fair. developer land. Yep. And I learned a lot from them. Um, like, you know, Git. I had never used it. It was 2012 and I had never used Git because I was a sysadmin. Why would I? Yeah. Right. I was I was a crotchety old sysadmin. And it's like, no, um, there's a lot that uh, – 
operations can learn from like the ideas of, you know, infrastructure as code of having your infrastructure be and your configurations be repeatable and versioned, um, having your deployments be, uh, you know, discrete versioned entities that you can roll forward and roll back. Like there's many things that make systems way more operable that people can take from this whole, you know, DevOps movement. And, and that's of course not to say that DevOps is all about tooling since it's, it's, as you mentioned, I'm involved with DevOps days and we talk a lot about culture at DevOps days because just like I, I had to learn to not just say, Oh, you cowboy devs, you just want to yellow that right out into production. (laughs) Um, I mean, I had to I had to learn to understand why they wanted to see their code deployed. Right. Which, you know, spoiler alert, we all hate waiting. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, so, and, and that was actually so part of the AWS kind of keynote yesterday was, I mean, that was a big focus. If I felt like last year was nothing about, it was a very developer-focused keynote. This year was very much kind of, I felt like it was patch the holes in the enterprise or do the pain in the enterprise kind of thing. And it it really fit into a lot of those philosophies without a doubt. And I've been maybe somewhat critical of AWS and the keynotes over the years. Um, but they actually, I was surprised by yesterday's a bit. Well, they, I mean, they, I think they finally, you know, they reached the, I mean, they've always built things as components. They've always built them as tools. And, and as much as they call it a platform, you know, it's not, it's not a platform in the exact same sense as like Pivotal where, or with Cloud Foundry where, you know, it's sort of lots of things are in there. Um, it's it's been a lot of you, you build these things. Um, so you were, you know, we had talked a few months ago. We were going to try to have you on before. You you built a platform, right? You're, you're uh, artisanally crafted, grass fed, uh, gluten <laughs> free. Um, talk about yeah. you know what you were doing at your previous job before you went to Pivotal, and, yeah. and why you guys you know built one, and yeah, maybe why you're, you're thinking a different way these days. Absolutely. Um, well, I think the way I'm thinking, it really hasn't shifted much. It's just all a continuum, right? So like I was using AWS, even at the job before drama fever, um, there was, you know, at AWS, like there are, as you mentioned, a lot of composable pieces, right? Like, um, there's, it's, it's kind of a bag of sharp objects. I mean, yeah. you, you can poke yourself if you're not careful, <laughs> but, but there's a lot of composable pieces you can put your platform together from. I would definitely say I don't think um, AWS is an opinionated platform. It's more a collection of tools, right. some of which provide great managed services. The managed services at AWS are, um, I would say, like super handy if you don't want to spend a lot of time, say, having a DBA. Like if you don't really need that, you just right. need a database. Um, so when I was when I was at Drama Fever, the I've been at Pivotal for about six weeks, and the year before that, um, I spent at um, this streaming video startup that was much like Netflix, if Netflix were much smaller and mostly Korean soap opera and ran Docker in production. Yeah. You know. <laughs> As one does. Sure. Checks all the boxes. Yeah, right. there you go. Um, and uh, what when I joined there, there was actually no configuration management. There was just Docker, which was delightful because containers are great, except for the part where that doesn't actually help you with anything on your host instances. Yeah. So it was like, you know, we had the the janky bash that, if run correctly and then filled in with all the things that somebody forgot, would probably make the AMI the way we wanted it. And then if we screwed it up, well, I guess we would be re-rolling out you know, the entire infrastructure because we set up an AMI that accidentally wasn't using NXLog at all. You know, stuff like that. So we thought, <laughs> you're laughing because this no. is exactly the sort of thing you do when you're yes. doing things too manually, right? Yeah. And so um, my coworkers, uh, like 
the folks that were working with this, working on this uh, drama fever with me, um, Tim Gross, who uh, he actually left right before I did. He's doing product at Joyant now. And Pete Shannon, who is still at Drama Fever. I'll be giving him a talk with him uh, at Velocity New York next week. Uh, the last hurrah for me on this particular case study. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I were, as well as the other folks on the ops team, were building. But they were the, these were the main people working on the platform stuff. We ended up um, using Chef and uh, using Packer to build AMIs that we defined via Chef. Um, having that all run... Um, after the GitHub commits went into Chef, having Jenkins automatically, like, you know, pump out these AMIs and create the launch configs, you know, just kind of abstracting away some of those pieces that you certainly can do by hand every time. But then, you know, if you make the launch config by hand one time, you might forget that you actually wanted to set a spot price for that one. Yeah. Because, you know, for that particular autoscaling group or whatever, it's like there's a lot of these pieces that it's easy to forget. If you're leaving it up to humans, I mean, as it turns out, computers are really good at doing the same thing every time. Humans, right. less not, so. Not so much. Yeah. <laughs> well, and and that's the thing. I think you know, there's so many events these days, and then you've got some of the vendor. I mean, so like you know, you go to DockerCon, you're going to talk about Docker. You know, you mm-hmm. but you go to Velocity, and you're going to you know, or if you go to ChefCon, you're going to talk or Chef, you're going to talk about Chef. You go to PopCon. I, I actually you know. talked at my coworker Pete and I talked about uh, Docker at ChefConf. Right. <laughs> well, and that's and because that's, it, what we wanted to talk about was how you can use these pieces together to right. build a platform. Well, and you and you almost have to, right? Yeah. Um, and I think that it sort of leads to where you're going now, which is. Um, you know, p- people get like, I, I've been talking about this sort of structured, unstructured thing about platforms for a little mm-hmm. bit. And obviously a lot of the folks in your team have as well. I think people get caught up and they go, okay, you know, Docker sounds cool. It, it does certain things. And sometimes people think it's a VM replacement and sometimes they think it's a orchestration replacement. And sometimes it's just a, yeah. it's a thing that you put your config files. In. Every, everyone wants to put something in a box. It's, <laughs> right. it's the re- replacement for X, well, you know, well, OpenStack is the replacement for VMware. Docker is the replacement for VMware. It's like, oh. or it's the replacement for <laughs> chef or it's the replacement for, um, it's like and these, it's, and these it's, things are not even re- they're not the same thing. Right. They're yeah. not drop in replacements yeah. Every, for each uh, other. You know, it, a lot, when a lot of the new technologies come along in order to understand, they immediately want to relate it to, something right so uh, you, you you've had a, a lot of ops background you went over to pivotal you're working on the cloud foundry team with with andrew and james and all those folks like was one of your initial inclinations to go i want to hang out with your ops team and know what the product does so i can go talk about it like intelligently or, or is that is that itch gone away and you're like no 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 i i calamine lotion that away i'm just gonna go I'm gonna, i don't want to go back to that um funny you should ask so my first week at pivotal uh, I actually spent embedded with the cloud ops team yeah. um, and worked with them side by side. Um, Tony Hansman's team, they run Pivotal Web Services. It's the hosted offering where the Pivotal hosts on AWS right. for customers who don't want to run it themselves. They just want to have kind of like, you know, just CF push and they're done. Um, and it was really fun working with them. One thing that was really different was Pivotal, as you uh, you may be aware, but perhaps all your listeners for the Cloudcast are not, is very into the capital A Agile. So it's all Agile, XP, like pair programming all the way. They also do pair ops, which I think is fascinating because oh, I didn't that, that is not usual. Yeah. Right. Like that's not normally a thing. Usually. What does that, what does that mean? Like what does that mean exactly. in practice? Like you wonder how can that even work? How it actually works at Pivotal is you have two ops people. They have a keyboard in front of each of them and a monitor in front of each of them. And it's connected to the same computer. And they talk to each other and take turns driving. And it actually is a really interesting way of solving problems, right? Because you know how a yak shave can be. And you can end up going down these rabbit holes that 
suck up a lot of time and then you've um, popped so many layers off the stack that you're not even sure you have the context for where you started with the problem you were trying to solve. I'm thinking back to my days when I was working in like tech support and you'd have a, you know, you'd have a problem that would come in, you know, things are on fire and one, you'd have a cluster of people standing behind the one person on the keyboard and they'd all kind of want to be going, no, no, try this and try that. And, right. Um, yeah, it'd be weird to yeah, like how two, you, how two you minds think about the, your brain. Yeah, two minds on the problem. Right. Maybe one person is thinking through the next thing you should try while the, the first person is trying that first thing. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So it's, it's fascinating, but it fits the pivotal philosophy really well. Um, but anyway, so I got to spend a week with CloudOps, which was a great way to get to understand the product a little better. Yeah. Um, they were there was a client who was doing a POC on Azure, actually. Yeah. So um, can we say Azure here oh, at yeah. Reinvent? <laughs> <laughs> um, we're we're big on AWS, but you know, gotta do what the clients yeah, are interested in. Cloud, right? Yep. And uh, and I mean, Cloud Foundry, you can put it on private cloud, public cloud, whatever, like it's kind of cloud agnostic, um, as long as you have reasonable APIs that it can talk to, so right, it can provision right. stuff. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so working through a problem, like it was really interesting to actually participate. And I actually want to go back. I'm hoping when conference season calms down for a little while, um, the the cloud ops team really would like to have me come back to San Francisco for a week or two and spend more time with them. Yeah. I think but, that'd be but great. Does conference season ever calm down? <laughs> yeah, you, were, you were telling us about your schedule. I don't know when you're going to get to. Oh gosh. Well, I mean, yeah. So now through Thanksgiving is, is pretty packed. Um, for, for people who would like to see me at something, I will be at Velocity New York, um, Velocity EU. I'll be at Cloud Foundry Summit in Berlin, though I'm not speaking at that. Just there uh, supporting Cloud Foundry, supporting the foundation. They do yeah. amazing work. And, um, and then I'm going to come back from that and be at Recon, where I'm speaking. And then a couple weeks after that, I'll be speaking at QCon in SF. Yeah. And um, after that, I'm pretty sure I have nothing booked out conference-wise. And I'm actually legit, legit, like completely okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> I would like to spend a little bit of time at home on my couch petting my cat. And you're the, if I remember this right, you're the DevOps Against Humanity originator, <laughs> am I right? You, you, get, are you guys correct. have that in common. He was telling me last night he was up late playing cards against humanity. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, gosh. In the lobby of the Cosmo. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. One of the one of the vendors was actually mentioning that they did print up a bunch of copies of. Uh, oh, was it really? Was, yeah, it was my yeah my company. Oh, fantastic! So you're now working. Uh, you know, you're you're sort of focused. We were talking yesterday. You're you're focused around the Cloud Foundry platform, mm-hmm. but but obviously you've got a lot of background, so you're not sort of you know kind of pushed in that direction, right? At least <laughs> at, at least for now. If if you ran into somebody at at one of these events and they said, "Look, we are, I don't know." X size, or we have these guys. Like, what are what are the parameters for people to sort of say, like, you know, should we build right? I, it, it, there's a little bit in the with the with the at least the pivotal team where it's sort of like nobody should build right. You you talked a little bit about there is a you know there, there's a, a hierarchy or a, or a, like wh- sure. what would you say are like the good kind of, I don't know, jumping off points where you go, you reach here, it's not yeah. going to make any There's sense. There's always or, a point or, where level of effort versus return yeah. on what, what, right. what, what, just what are the general things that people might consider? Right. Okay. So if you want to build a platform mm-hmm. um, and you have very specific use cases that are not well met by any of the more opinionated offerings out there, and it doesn't have to be Cloud Foundry, there's a number of them, but if you have specific needs that are not met by the continued work that the folks are doing in, um, you know, anything in the container ecosystem, and it looks to you like 
perhaps, uh, I don't know, I don't know how to put this because I feel like this answer depends a lot on the size of your organization. Because if you're a really small organization to the point where you're just giving everyone prod AWS keys, you probably don't need the role-based access controls in something like Clava. The more structured platforms that, that have a, a more narrow constraint of opinions, certainly a few knobs that you can turn, but a more narrow uh, list of things that you can or should do in them, I think are really well suited to very large organizations where they have 500 developers who would all like to push something to this platform. And it becomes an administrative overhead and um, a lot more configuration to make that work versus just giving everybody a few keys and saying, hey, just make sure every time you build, you do this first. Like you can get away with that on a small scale. And I assure you, if you build a platform, there will always be corner cases like that. Right. And you well, can get away with that on a small scale. And I would say when you get to whatever scale, you're not going to be able to say on Slack, hey, I think I broke the build. I definitely broke the build. Hang on a minute. If you get to a point where you cannot say that, right. you probably need a more structured approach. I think that's what, what Mark was saying last week when you know he said, like, usually when you're small, when it's really just like, just focus on the business, don't worry about focusing on the platform, then you probably do it for a while. And um, you know, hopefully if you do it well, the business gets big enough and you go, you know, we've got multiple groups or we've got, you know, you bring somebody in. Because, um, yeah, yeah that's, I think that's what a lot of people are trying to figure out is, you know, they're not only trying to figure out what do these new applications look like, but, you know, if you're running ops, you're running infrastructure, you're running whatever, like, what should I be doing? Yeah, I mean, I think that's, I think it's a tough question, right? Because at Drama Fever, we are a five-person ops team, and it certainly felt like there were always a million things to do that we didn't have time to get to. Right. You know, we wanted to get to more um, application container clustering. We were starting to look at projects like, you know, Mesos and Kubernetes. But those are a lot of work. It was actually, um, there was a really funny uh, infographic about treehouses that uh, Andrew Clay Schaefer tweeted that you probably oh, yeah, saw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> where he had um, a picture of a treehouse. You know, he was like, I'm going to explain opinionated and unopinionated platforms. He had a picture of a treehouse. And he had a picture of some two by fours. It was like a lumber yard. Yeah. Yep. And it was like, here's an unopinionated treehouse. <laughs> and then it was great because, of course, Kelsey Hightower, who's brilliant and amazing, replied and said, well, Kubernetes isn't really like the two by fours. It's more like if you have 10 different ladders you can pick. And I'm like, you're making Andrew's point for me, Kelsey. <laughs> <laughs> so there, even in small orgs, there's probably a lot of people who spend a lot of time building something that they don't really need to. So looking at, and this is, I, I'm not water, so I don't have to build, I don't have to beat the pivotal drum at all times and tell you, you must buy <laughs> right. some Cloud Foundry. And I would say if you're a small startup, you probably aren't going to buy some Cloud Foundry. Right. You might want to look at the open source project. Like there might be things in there. The kind of stuff, these are patterns that are well established patterns by this point that folks yeah. like Netflix have been doing for ages. Things like circuit breakers. Things like auto recovery when uh, some instances go away. We're talking about Amazon, even though oh, it's so much better than it was in like, you know, mid 2012, I remember instances would just stop responding. And you're like, that's great. That was a database master. Yeah. And <laughs> like at this point, well, hopefully you're using RDS or whatever anyway, um, instead of say running MongoDB on AWS because reasons. Well, and, and there's parallels to it. I mean, like Andy Jassy got on stage yesterday and said, look, we have all these different RDS database options. It's a billion-dollar business. I mean, it, it says that people are basically kind of going, even even on AWS, which, like you said, is still you know some sharp objects and lots of pieces, like they're still wanting somebody to help them do something or machines help them do something. And AWS is you know way more reliable and stable than it was. Right. Um, it's probably a lot more reliable and stable than a lot of the stuff in a lot of people's data centers. Certainly, you don't have to RMA stuff yourself, which is nice. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but don't miss that. Yeah. 
So I think we're going to get bumped up by the, the keynote. It's either going to get really loud, which we hate to, <clears throat> we hate to cut you off. You're a podcaster as well in, in your copious free time. <laughs> My copious free time. What are you guys time. talking about? What's your show? Give, you know, people yeah. are, 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 we always hear our listeners go like, well, we listen to you, but what else should we listen to? Like, what, what are you guys doing? Um, so yeah, I, I co-host Arrested DevOps with Matt Stratton and Trevor Hess. And we talk to people about all facets of DevOps related stuff and not necessarily just tools. Um, though we just, ha- we did have, um, Emma Jane Westbion who wrote the Git for Teams book for O'Reilly and we had her on talking about Git yeah. and, you know, Git, another sh- sharp object, but something that you can get a lot of value out of if you can figure out how to make it work for you. Uh, but then we talk about anything from, you know, failure in distributed systems to, uh, cognitive neuroscience and how we can kind of hack our minds to increase our empathy for other people. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, there's a, there's a lot of good topics. It's the sort of stuff that you can kind of pop in, pop out, listen to whichever one sounds interesting. Yeah. It's, it's absolute must listen on mine. And, and then another one too, it, um, is the pivotal podcast as well, because you, oh, yeah. you were just on there recently <laughs> with, with, I think it was Cote, yeah. right? Cote, Cote is great. Um, he does his own podcast. My coworker, Michael Cote. Like empire of podcasts. He does. Yeah. He, he is he is kind of a, a software, podcasting software overlord. Software defined talk, I think, is his other software defined talk is great. I enjoy that one on planes as yeah. well as a cloudcast. I feel like those are good <clears throat> ways to not be annoyed by the flight. Um, that one's good. Um, the Pivotal Conversations podcast, where uh, if you go to pivotal.io/podcasts, um, he's talked to a lot of pivotal and non-pivotal people about interesting stuff. I think he just started a new po- a podcast with uh, Matt Curry from Allstate called the. Uh, Lords of Computing or something. I yeah, <laughs> I saw something about that one. I hadn't listened to that one. Yeah, yet, yeah. So, so you mentioned, you know, we 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 talked about the whole uh, thought leader thing and making <laughs> your. So there, there are there are certain things that I want to say the DevOps community, but like there's certain things when people go like it's the DevOps team or you do the de- like what are those two or three things that people if they're just kind of going look I, I was a sysadmin I kind of want to get in this space because I want to do automation and I want to collab like what are those two or three things that you just don't don't do those things. <laughs> I guess I think the most important thing to remember is that DevOps is not something that you can buy. I mean, people will be happy to sell it to you, but it's sure. not something you can buy. And it's not something that one person can just decide to be or do. If you don't just hire yourself a DevOps and then you have DevOps and everything is DevOps because, you know, rub some DevOps on it. Like that's right, not a thing. DevOps certified. That's uh, also not a thing. <laughs> um, as much as people would like to make it a thing, because the whole point is it's a, it's a cultural movement towards cooperation and understanding to increase um, the, uh, you know, velocity, efficiency, happiness, whatever you want to call it, of your IT organization. So if we're all trying to improve, like the whole Kaizen thing, like continuous improvement, if we're all trying to improve, like that means we have to listen to each other. We have to learn from each other. I mean, to me, that's what DevOps is. And I really think that people who would like to buy some tools to help them with that. There's lots of vendors that would be happy to sell them those tools. I mean, I work for one of them, but uh, just having an engagement with um, a vendor is not going to give it to you. Though it's it's certainly there are vendors out there like Jez Humble, like ThoughtWorks, like Pivotal that will also do engagements where we attempt to help you through your IT transformations. So I would say like, if you would like to write someone a large check to help you through an IT transformation, you probably should hire someone to help you with your culture before you hire someone to give you a tool. Right, right, yeah. Get, yeah. get, get the people side of it. Well, listen, um, we, we could talk about a lot of stuff. I think, like I said, I think we're going to get uh, drowned out here in a second. Oh, here it comes. Oh, there it goes. So, so I'm going to tell everybody this. Uh, if you're listening, we are going to do the absolute best we can to edit this. There may be some <laughs> funky stuff in here. You may hear some background noise. Um, we, we thought we had found the quietest place possible, and then we found out it was not. 
Um, but anyways, thank you so much for being on. Um, thank you. This what's the, I mean, obviously like you talked about, you're going to be all over the place. Um, <laughs> are you cool? Like if, if people just want to come up and talk to you and meet you and, and all that stuff, yeah. you're, yeah, you're I easy mean, to find. I'm, you've, you've got the blonde I'm, hair with the beautiful <laughs> pink, uh, fuchsia, uh, highlights and yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I am happy to provide pink haired thought leadership as a service to anyone who would like to, uh, you know, discuss it with me. <laughs> right. So very cool. Yeah, um, tell them uh, find me on Twitter. Yep. If they send me email, it will probably take me weeks to answer them because that's life. But find me on Twitter. Talk to me at a conference, um, or uh, just listen to Arrested DevOps. Yeah, very cool. Well, for that, uh, we're going to wrap it up for the day. Yes. Um, good to see you. Maybe I'll see you in a month or so. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, <laughs> um, see you at the uh, Cloudcast Christmas party. Yeah, absolutely. So, <laughs> folks, uh, thanks for listening, and, uh, and we're out. Thank you for listening to The Cloudcast. Please visit thecloudcast.net to find more shows, show notes, videos, and everything social media.